Welcome to the New Song Church Sermon Podcast. Here at New Song, we want to help people get to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you have any questions about us or want to learn more, you can check us out online at www.new-song-church.com. We'd love for you to stay connected with us throughout the week through our church app. It's free and available wherever you download apps. Just search keyword New Song. And now, check out our message of the week. Are you ready to study the Word of God? Yes or no? Get out your Bibles or your sermon notes or both and go to the book of Colossians chapter 2. Starting in verse 16 through the end. The great thing when you, when you do a series on a book study, the, the material is provided for you. I mean the subject matter is provided for you. Uh, so today we're going to talk about legalism. We're going to talk about legalism in the church because that's the subject that Paul is writing about to the church at Colossae. He's writing about legalism, and it's a big topic in our world today, even though some of you are sitting here saying, yeah, I know exactly, I, I know exactly that issue, and yeah, it's a big issue, and some are saying, I don't even know what legalism is, you know, so you might want to describe that to me. Well, legalism is when man comes up with these ideas to put on the backs of others, and they'll say things like, hey, if you're really going to love Jesus then you're going to act this way, you're going to look like this. If you really love Jesus, then this is what you're going to wear or this is what you're not going to wear. This is what's allowed in a church service. This is not what's allowed in a church service. And um, it, it's man's rules. It's man's rules in order to achieve, and I say that in quotes because it doesn't work, but in order to try to achieve a relationship or a right relationship with God. And I'll explain that more in just a second. I, I used an illustration this morning that I think was very fitting uh, when I was two or three years old, um, uh, my parents moved to this um, uh, town, it's not a city, just a little town, called Mountain Pine, Arkansas, Mountain Pine, Arkansas. And I, I called Arkansas at the first service the armpit of America, but not too many people agreed with me, and I don't know why. If you don't think it's Arkansas, where is the armpit of America? So you got to think about that a little bit, right? I'm just saying I think it's Arkansas. That's just what I think. If you're from there, I'm really sorry. And, and I'm only being sort of serious, okay? So, I, I'll tell you, this town of Mountain Pine, Arkansas, we went to this church, and, and of course, I was a pastor's kid, and my, my dad, um, his role in ministry was not only to plant a church, which he did, but also uh, take over churches that were very dysfunctional and help them to become functional, healthy churches. So, I saw a lot of legalism growing up, not because my parents were legalistic, but because uh, the churches that they would take over were often legalistic and, and, and they would uh, literally just teach grace to the point that these churches would obviously give up on their legalism. So when we went to Mountain Pine, Arkansas, my parents tell the story that I've, I've heard dozens of times where uh, one of the first all-church events that they had, they decided to go roller skating. But because the church was a legalistic church, all of the ladies that showed up that day we're all wearing dresses. Now, they wear dresses because, well, that modesty demands that we wear dresses. But how many know it's not very modest to wear a dress when you're roller skating and falling down? That's not, that's not the definition of modesty, but they had it in their head. The only way we can be modest is to, wear, is to wear dresses all the time, no matter what they were doing. They were always in 
address. We have some churches around in this area, in Marshall County. Uh, in fact, yesterday, uh, I took my family out just for a few hours. Then we went to uh, go eat at a, um, at a restaurant, actually Panda Express. How many Panda fans do we have in here? Woo! Praise Jesus for Panda Express. So... Everything that's good and perfect comes down from the Father of Lights. You know that, right? That includes Panda Express. And so um, we were inside of Panda Express, and this couple comes in, and, and the husband and the son look totally normal, totally like you would just think anybody middle class would look. Well, the, the, the wife and the daughter come in, and they're both wearing dresses down to their ankles, and uh, both of them have their hair up in a bun, and the, the woman is not wearing any makeup. She's not wearing any jewelry. And, of course, I just immediately know what type of church they, that they attend, that they're probably members of. And, and the little girl was just as cute as a bug. She was wearing um, a, a camouflage dress. It was, and you could tell it was homemade, nothing but camouflage, except at the bottom had pink ruffles that were sewed to the bottom of it. And I thought, wow, she is beautiful because camouflage is my favorite color. You know that, right? And, um, and at the same point, my heart was kind of breaking for them because in their mind, in their mind, um, the way that they achieve a relationship with the Lord is, is, well, if I want that right relationship with God, then I have to dress a certain way. Because no doubt somebody has stood in front of them and said, if you want to be like Jesus, if you want to love Jesus, if you want to say you're in love with God, then you have to dress like this. You have to look like this. And there's none of this and none of this and none of this and none of this and none of this. Everybody, that's legalism. That's legalism. And it is something that, um, can, I, can I tell you, it, it's, some, it's, a, it's a dangerous thing to teach about this uh, because what I don't want to do today is I don't want to produce pride in you. For, for instance, I, I don't want you to think, oh, I know a church like that. Oh, I can't believe, I always knew that that was wrong. I can't believe that they do that. Now, let, let me tell you this. Um, some very wonderful, beautiful believers, true believers that love Jesus, who've just been taught something that they shouldn't have been taught, attend those churches. Don't ever look down on churches. Don't ever look down at others. Like, Don't ever get to the point where you think, well, I've got it all together, but obviously they don't. Because can I tell you something? If they're legalistic in one or two areas, could it be that you're legalistic in one or two areas? That you think is the right thing? Like you think is, well, everybody should just agree with me on this. Like this is my opinion, but God told me that this is wrong, so if it's wrong for me, it's got to be wrong for everybody. Could there be some people in this room that are like that? In fact, I'm going to prove it to you that there's some of you in this room that are. Get, your, get ready to pull your toes in because I'm about to step on them, everybody. You know, I've heard some, some preachers stand in the pulpit at multiple times, different ways. In fact, one time specifically, it was when the Harry Potter movies came out. And a pastor uh, got into the pulpit and for at least 30 to 45 minutes preached against Harry Potter. Now, there's some people in this room like, I don't see a problem with that. Seriously, there's some people in this room who's like, well, what's wrong with that? Harry Potter, that's bad. That's all about magic. That's all about being a warlock. That's all about witchcraft. That's, nobody should be watching that. And if they were really godly, they shouldn't be watching that. And there's other people in this room like, how could somebody preach against Harry Potter? That, that was awesome. That was so cool. Those movies were cool, man. I own the whole set. You see, there's different people 
in this room and there's some people that you're going to look down at others. Wait, wait, you've watched, you've watched Harry Potter. How dare you do that? And what you're really saying to them, if you're really a Christian, you'd look more like me. If you were really a Christian, you'd act more like me. If you were really Christian, you would believe what I believe concerning that movie. But can I tell you, if that's your, if that's your idea, if that's what's going on in your head, that, then you're wrong. Then you're wrong. Because last I checked, you're not God. Are you? Everybody say no. So, so why would you ever expect somebody to act the way that you act or to... Or, or to uh, let me say it this way. If, if the Holy Spirit says no to you on something, does that mean the Holy Spirit is saying no to them on that same thing? That's a good question to ask. Now, I know some of you are in, in this place right now, you're asking, well, Pastor Justin, what do you think about Harry Potter? Because, <laughs> see, some of you haven't gotten past that yet. Well, I'm, I'm waiting to hear whether you like it or not. I'm not going to tell you. And it's not because I don't have an opinion. I just love to give you a hard time. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm just not going to. And if you wait for five, well, he'll tell me in about five minutes. No, I won't. I really won't tell you because uh, you're just going to have to get over that. You're, you're, you're going to you're have to look at things. And this is what I'm telling you to do, saying, saying this. I, I have some things that the Holy Spirit is instructing me about. And my job is, now listen, new song. My job is not to say yes or no to your opinion. My job is to say yes or no to his opinion. Therefore, because of that, you'll never hear me say, hey, you shouldn't watch this or you should watch that or you shouldn't listen to that or that's, you should listen to that or that should be allowed in church and that shouldn't be allowed in church. You know why? My dad said it a, a, a perfect way many years ago while he was teaching on this subject. He said, hey, listen, if you don't step on my freedom, I'm not going to step on yours. Me, meaning this, here, here's what I know. Let me put this in context for you. There's some things in my life that five years ago I felt no conviction about. But as I was being changed into the image of Jesus, all of a sudden there came some things in my life that Jesus said, hey, I know that you've been doing that. I want you to stop now. I know you've watched that, but now I want that season to be over with. I want you to come out of that. How come he didn't tell me that five years ago? Because the Justin of five years ago wasn't ready for that. He had bigger fish to fry in Justin five years ago. And now he's dealing with some things in me right now that he wasn't dealing with me about five years ago. But the point of the matter is, it's Jesus that's dealing with me about them and not you. Because I don't want, listen, listen, I don't want to bend to your opinion. I want to bend to God's opinion. <laughs> that should have got a bigger amen than that. <laughs> it's the truth. So you say, well, I'm, I can't watch that. I can't believe people are watching that. Well, you don't know where they are in their journey with Christ. And, and instead of looking down your nose at people, why don't we drop the pride and say, hey, listen, there are some things in my life that I did for a lot of times that I've only recently have I realized that I shouldn't have been doing those things. But I did them for years. But God was patient with me. In fact, the Bible says that it's God's patience that leads us to repentance. Does that, so so, so the, obvious, the obvious with that is if it's his patience that leads us to repentance, and, and I've come to repent before the Lord Jesus Christ, but are there still some things in my life that I still need to repent of? 
How, how many of you have some things, you're a Christian, but you have some things in your life that God is still saying, hey, I need you to repent of that. How many, how many have that going on? That's called sanctification, everybody. That's what that doctrinal word is, sanctification. It means that, that when you accept Christ, you're not perfect. In fact, in this life, you'll never be perfect. And as we grow closer to Christ, he continues to change us and mold us into his image. Therefore, there were some things in our life that a year or two ago we didn't have any conviction about, but we probably have it now. And the Holy Spirit is saying, hey, now's the time. I, like, I've been really patient with you, but now's the time that, 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 that we got to deal with that issue in your life. Like, now's the time. I've been really patient with you. I've been really kind with you, and, and I still am, by the way. The Holy Spirit is always kind. He, he's, he's, he's just, he's a gentleman, and he's saying, hey, but now, now let's deal with that. Now let's, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. And sometimes we say, well, I didn't even know that was a problem. I, I, I've been in that moment lots of times, marriage counseling, where a, a, a husband or a wife will look at me and say, well, they, they do that a lot. And then the, the spouse says, I didn't even know that was a problem. I, I didn't even know. Well, you've been married for 10 years. How did you not know? Well, I just didn't know. Like, today's the first I've heard of it. It's this like your relationship with God. Sometimes you'll, you'll grow in your relationship with God two, three, four, five years, 10 years, and all of a sudden... God will just say, hey, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to watch that anymore. I don't want you to listen to that anymore. I don't want you to go there anymore. And, and it's your role at that moment not to bend to man's opinion, but to bend, bend to God's opinion and say, okay, God, if you say no, then the answer is no. And the answer is no. And you're not doing it because of your love of man or your love of man's ideas or love of man's opinion. You're doing it because you simply love Christ, because you're being obedient to him. Now, I'm presenting this to you in as life-giving of a way as I can. Because th this is life-changing. This is life-changing. God's opinion always trumps my opinion. Therefore, I, I very, I'm very, very cautious as to what I say that God has told me to stop or God has told me to start. Because you might not be where I am. Therefore, the Holy Spirit isn't convicting you about what he's convicting me about. How many get that? So, so I just stay away. If I, I mean, there's, you know how many movies I could have sat up here and said, hey, if you're a Christian, you'd never see that. Probably almost every one of them, really. You know, I could probably make a statement about something that's in them. And I just choose not to. Why? Because that's between you and God. That's between you and God. I, I, don't, I don't want you to bow to Justin's opinion. I don't, let me say it like this, I don't want you to look like me. I want you to look like him. I don't want you to look like me, because I know who I am. Don't look like me. I mean, I know I'm really good looking, but don't look like me. <laughs> I want you to look like Jesus. I want you to look like Jesus. How many get it now? You get it? I want you to look like Jesus. I want you to look like Jesus. Let's look at this. You say, how do we know the difference? Here we go. We're going to go through this very fast. Colossians 2, 16. Therefore, don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to religious festival, and he goes naming these traditions of men, or these, these things that they expected all the Christians to, to belong to, or, or to regard. He said, don't, 
Don't judge anyone. Don't let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. So he's giving these examples. These are a shadow of the things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Reality is found in Christ. Reality is found in Christ. Don't let anyone who delights in false humility in the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their, by their what? Their unspiritual mind. Like you think, wow, that person's so spiritual. Look at the way that they live. Could it be that they're actually unspiritual? Could it be that they're actually unspiritual? They have lost connection with the head. Who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. They've lost connection with the head from whom the whole body supported and held together by its ligaments and sinews grows as God causes it to grow. Verse 20. Since you died with Christ to the elemental spiritual forces of this world, why, as though you still belong to the world, do you submit to its rules? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. These rules, which have to do with things that are all destined to perish, we're going to come back to that, with use, are based on merely human commands and teachings. Such regulations indeed have an appearance of wisdom, with their self-imposed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body, but they lack any value in restraining sensual indulgence. What that means is it looks like they have everything together, and on the outside it, it probably does look like it, but on the inside those outward things has no effect on the inward. Those outward things doesn't actually solve the issue of sensual indulgences, the, the secret cravings that you might have. And so you say, say, okay, okay, what's up with all that scripture? Because there's a lot of things in there that, you know, have to do with, I mean, come on, everybody. We don't talk about new moon celebrations and we don't talk about the worship of angels. You probably don't hear that much in this society, in today's culture. But there are still so many things in this that is still applicable to us. That there are man's tradition. There are things that man creates and he tells others, hey, if you're really godly, you're going to live it this way. You're going to worship this way. You're going to act this way. You're going you're gonna, to um, do these things, but you're not going to do these things. And you say, well, how do I know the difference, Pastor? How do I know the difference? It's right there in Scripture. It's plain to see. And it is found in verse 22. I'm going to read it again. These rules which have to do with things that are all destined to perish with use, and they're based on merely human commands and teachings. They are all destined to perish with use. Destined to perish with use. Destined to perish with use. There's the answer. You're like, I don't, I don't get it. Okay, here. Let me ask you something. Is my opinion eternal? Everybody say no. Justin's opinion is not eternal. If I, if I come up with rules for all of you and say, hey, as new singers, none of us are going to watch the Goofy movie anymore. It's ungodly. Okay? Uh, by the way, I like the Goofy movie. I really do, actually. My kids, is one of my kids' favorite all growing up, and it's hilarious. Believe it or not, it's hilarious. You got it. It's old school. Okay. So, I wouldn't say the Goofy movie is ungodly, but if I did, that's my opinion. The Goofy movie is sinful. Don't ever watch it. Is that... Is that my opinion or is that God's? That's my opinion. Is my opinion going to be eternal? In a thousand years, is anybody going to remember my opinion that, that we should not watch the Goofy movie? 
right? But what is eternal? Well, Christ is eternal. His word is eternal. The Bible says the word of God stands forever. It's unchangeable. It is eternal. So how do you know? How do you know what's legalistic or not legalistic? I would tell you, is it perishable or imperishable? I would ask that question of you. Is it perishable or imperishable? Is it an opinion of man? Is it a goal of man? Or is it God's opinion? In fact, write this down, number one. Obedience is, is conforming to God's ways, but legalism is conforming to man's. Obedience is conforming to God's ways, but legalism is conforming to man's ways. Let, let me say it like this. Is obedience important? The answer is absolutely it's important. God has called every single one of this, uh, every single one of us to be obedient to him. The key word, words, to him. Meaning you were not, New Song, you were not called to be, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch how I say this. You're not called to be obedient to my opinions, you are called to be obedient to God's. It's true. So don't think, well, if somebody says, hey, listen, I can't do that. The Bible says I can't do that. Don't look at them and say, well, that's just legalism. I'm under grace. I can do whatever I want to do. No. Paul goes and says in Romans, he said, listen, do we keep on sinning that grace may abound? No, we don't do that. Like, No, we don't keep on sinning. We don't keep willfully sinning against God. No, we how can you be called a son or a daughter of God and, and purposely disobey your, your heavenly father? Like, how, how can you do that? How can you say that you love Jesus but don't do what he says? Isn't that what Jesus challenged some people with? He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I ask? Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do what I say? How many know obedience is important? Obedience is important. Legalism, you need to get out of that. You say, boy, it's so tough, though, to know the difference. No, it's not tough. Is it, is it perishable or imperishable? Is it man's opinion or is it God's? And if it's God's opinion, then you need to obey it. Now, that being said, um, I, I'm going to try to explain this even in a, in a better way. Um, so number two, write this down. Legalism says that God accepts me when I'm good enough because these two things go together. Legalism says God accepts me when I'm good enough, but truth says God accepts me even though I'm not, even though I'm not good enough. Rome, I mean, Romans 5.8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. As long as you live in this world, you're gonna constantly fight your sinful nature. You're gonna battle against your sinful nature. And let, let me say it this way, as long as you have flesh and skin on like we do today, and as long as you live this life, you're going to have the potential to sin, and odds are you will. Now, hopefully not as often as you used to, because of God's sanctifying power. I, I mean, I don't, I don't sin nearly as much as I used to, but do I still sin? I don't want to, but Paul said that. I, I do the things I don't want to do, and then I don't do the things I want to do. And who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna save me from this body that I live in? He says, only Jesus can save me. Isn't that what he says in Romans? Only Jesus can save me. Like, 
The only answer is Jesus. And new song I'm telling you, the only answer is Jesus. Legalism says that God accepts me when I'm good enough. Truth says God accepts me even though I'm not. So, so, so here's what happened. See, in, in legalistic churches or legalistic groups, when people, when somebody comes up and says, boy, God really convicted me that such and such is wrong, and I think we all need to, to just give that up in our life if we really want to look like Christ. And so everybody bows to the opinion of that man. And you do that once, and then you do that twice, and then you do that five times, and then you do that ten times, and all of a sudden, people would just naturally think then that my salvation is based upon how I look or how I act. My salvation is based upon am I living the life that that guy says that I should live? You see how that works? Well, if you're really a Christian, they would say, if you're really a Christian, you're going to look like me and you're going to act like me. You're going you're to talk like me. You're going to do everything like I do it if you're really a Christian. See, the trouble is, then people base their salvation upon man's opinion and not the grace of God. You see the trouble with that? And it's a big, it's a big, it's a big issue. It's a big issue. We, we, have some, we have some churches in this city, in this county that we should be praying for because you know of some of them as well as I do that are just bound in legalism. They're bound in legalism, and we, got to, we have to pray for them, that, that God would reveal his grace to them and his mercy to them, and that they would be in love with Jesus and not just the opinions of man. See, legalism says that God accepts me when I'm good enough. Well, if I look good, if I act good, if I, if I sound good, then God will accept me. No, the Bible says God accepted me even while I was still a sinner. That's why it's called, new song, that's why it's called the good news of grace. Because God didn't wait for you to get cleaned up before he accepted you. He's the one that cleans us up. This is powerful, everybody. It's powerful. Let me, let me prove this to you. Romans 3.10. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. Romans 3.20. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. Romans 4, 5, but people are counted as righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives. Who does he forgive? Sinners, the Bible says. Not, it doesn't say, or have a faith in God who forgives those who try really, really hard. Oh, okay, but because of their faith in God, for those who obey man's ideas, man's views, man's opinions. No. For, for the ones who, who tried to clean themselves, that's who God forgives. No, God forgives sinners. He forgives sinners. Galatians 3.11, so it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law, for the scriptures say it is through faith that a righteous person has life, not through the law, but through faith. Galatians 2.16, yet we know that a person is made right by God, or with God by faith in Jesus Christ, not by obeying the law, and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ. He's saying it again, not because we have obeyed the law, for no one will ever be made right right with God by obeying the law. Now, let me ask you a question, New Song. Everybody look at me. How many times do you have to read that before you believe it? 
that nobody is made right by obeying the law. How are we, how are we made right with God? By faith. By faith. Ephesians 2 says we are saved by grace through faith. That way you can't boast. That way nobody can say, well, listen, I achieved holiness all on my own. No, you can't achieve holiness on your own. There's nobody that's righteous, not even one. That's why we call it, everybody, the good news of Jesus, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, because he accepts us while we're still sinners. Letter three, or number three, write this down. Legalism has only the appearance of wisdom. So there's people out there, they, they've just been duped. They've been fooled. They think, well, boy, if I look a certain way, if I act a certain way, then surely God will accept me. Like, God will be happy with me as long as, God will love me as long as. Can I tell you something? There's an appearance of wisdom there, but it's not wisdom at all. Let's, let's read out of 2 Timothy 3, 2 through 5. It won't be on the screen, but it is in your notes. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will love pleasure rather than God. They, watch this, everybody, verse 5. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could actually make them godly. What does that mean? They have the appearance of wisdom. It looks like they have it all together, but actually they don't. Because they thought that they could achieve salvation on their own merit, on their own works. And they've actually, in doing so, they've rejected the gospel of grace. They've rejected grace. They've rejected the mercy of God. Don't live life like that. You should be an absolute lover of grace. You, you should thank God every day for his grace, every day for his mercy. You, you should, by the way, you should thank God every single day for the faith that he's placed in your life to believe in his grace and his mercy if you're a believer. See, we have to get our eyes off of ourselves and off of man and we have to put our eyes on Christ. So how do we defeat legalism? How do we defeat legalism? Letter A. My life in Christ is not about do's and don'ts. It's about relationship. It's not about do's and don'ts. It's about relationship. <laughs> that, that's why everybody here on a, on a Sunday morning, you won't, you won't hear us teach the do's and don'ts of man's opinion. Now, you will hear us teach the, the Word of God. And the Word of God often says the do's and don'ts. Everybody see the difference? You, you won't hear me ever getting up and saying, hey, listen, if you're doing this, you need to stop it. If you're doing this, you need to stop it. Unless, unless we're reading it in Scripture and say, hey, the Bible tells us or God tells us that we should do this or not do this. What, what I'm saying is I'm going to share with you every Sunday God's opinion, but I will not share you, with you mine. I'm, I'm just not going to do that. Why? Because I don't want you looking like me. I want you looking like him. I don't want you listening to me. I want you listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit who is greater than, not, not even a competition greater than I. But like, like, I don't have the power to change you, but the Holy Spirit does, and he wants to. So, so we, we purposely said, what if there is a Bible-believing church who teaches the full word of God, the whole counsel of God, and we're not shy to stay away from issues 
If you know me, part of my calling is to actually counter cultural issues or counter society and teach you what the Bible actually says. Even though the world might tell you, oh, we think this is fine, we're we're that type of church that says, actually, you know, the Bible says the opposite. But when we do that, we're going to tell you that it's the Word of God and and not just my opinion. It's, it's going to be proven to you. That's why we cover so many scriptures. Have you ever noticed how, many scripture we, how much scripture we read on a Sunday morning? It's because I'm trying to teach you that it's, it's not Justin's opinion. It's God's opinion. Like, this is the word of God that we're studying here. And God's opinion always trumps my opinion. I, I'm going to prove this to you in scripture in Colossians 2, 2 chapter 6, that it's not about do's and don'ts. It's about relationship. Colossians 2.6 says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Not apart from him, but in him. That, that means that if you're living your life in Christ, you're going to start thinking his thoughts. He, he's going to start speaking to your heart and to your mind. He's going to start showing you things, asking things of you. And if you're found in him, that's going to help you be obedient to him and do what he asks you to do. Galatians 5.16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. How many know that your pastor is not the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand really high. Everybody should get your hand up because I'm not the Holy Spirit. My wife should raise two hands on that question. I am not, I am not the Holy Spirit. So, so is it up to me to guide your life? No, it's up to me to teach you the word of God. But his word instructs us, and his, and his precious Holy Spirit guides us, guides our lives. The Bible says in another place, it guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit does that, okay? So, so, so I'm, the, the word of God is your guide in life, new song. If you're expecting me to be the guide in your life, can I tell you, I, I try my best to live my life the way Christ wants me to. I, I love his word. I believe every single word in this book, and I try to teach it to the best of my ability. But if you do everything like I do it, can I tell you I'm not perfect? And that means you won't be perfect either. So, so don't, Im- I, I mean, I know Paul says this. He says, imitate me while I imitate Christ, but... Can I tell you, he was also saying, hey, as I live out my life in Christ, do it with me. Let's do it together. He he was still, in that moment, he was still pointing them to Christ, and that's what I'm doing with you today. I I hope to be an example to you. I want to be an example to you. I, I try to live my life as an example to you. But ultimately, we all need to look like Jesus, not me. Is that fair enough? We need to look like Jesus. We need to look like Jesus. So let the Holy Spirit guide our lives. And he says, if the Holy Spirit is in charge, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Like, you'll learn to say no to things that God says no to. That's what you'll learn to do if you just listen to the Holy Spirit. Let it be, write this down. This is defeating legalism. I must not let others defraud me of the gospel which is, by the way, being saved by grace through faith. That's the good news. I can't let others defraud me of the gospel of grace. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. 
Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. Other translations say grace. He, he has brought us into this place of grace where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Don't let anybody defraud you of the message that it is Christ who changes us, that it is Christ who saves us, and that it's not of works. It is, it is an act of, of grace on God's part. And because grace has been given to us, we should be walking around with smiles on our faces. And I'm telling you, Christians should be the happiest people in the world, everybody, because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory, the Bible says. The hope of glory, he's living in us. We should be the happiest people on earth. Why aren't we then? Could it be that we've forgotten about grace? Could it be that we've forgotten about the mercy of God could it be that we fail to remember that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us? And I, I know there's some people, Pastor Justin, you're kind of making me nervous here. Because if you don't talk about the do's and don'ts, if you, tell me what, if you don't tell us what we should do or what we, we shouldn't do, then, then, then there's a bunch of people in this church that's just going to go off and do whatever they want to do, and they're going to think it's okay because you refuse to say something. Can I tell you something? I, I'm just being honest with you. When I, when I tried to be good on my own, I could not do it. But as soon as I discovered the grace and mercy of God, it made it so much easier for me to live a godly life. All of a sudden, I, I realized it was God's power at work in me. It wasn't my power at all. At all. And, and if I could just teach people to love Jesus Christ and to love his grace and be thankful for his grace and mercy and that you put your focus, your, your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, can I tell you, just if you have your eyes on Jesus, you won't have your eyes on the things of this world and you won't struggle with sin like you used to. But for everybody else says, well, I think you need to teach them the do's and don'ts. Well, the problem with that is they're only going to be looking at the do's and don'ts. And they won't be looking to Christ. <laughs> it's good stuff right there. Let it, let it never be said of New Song that, that we look at the do's and don'ts instead of looking at Jesus Christ. The Bible says that is exactly where our focus should be, on Jesus, the head of the church. And when you have your eyes on Jesus, you're not paying attention to the world. When you have your eyes on Jesus, it's easier to say no to sin. So I'm telling you, people who are in love with Jesus, they don't struggle with sin like the people who aren't. I'm just telling you. And I know it's kind of counterintuitive, isn't it? Well, I think there should be a church out there just talking about the do's and just tell me what to do, tell me what not to do. No. I'm going to tell you to love Jesus, to worship Jesus. I'm going to tell you that Jesus should be at the center of it all. He should be at the center of your life. Not rules, not, relation, not regulations, but relationship. It's all about relationship. This is why, everybody, letter C, write this down. I'm ending with this. Trusting Jesus is the first step of salvation. We know we're saved by grace through faith. It's, it's the first step of salvation as well as the basis of every step thereafter. It's the basis of every step thereafter. Meaning if you're always looking to Jesus, he will guide your every step. I'm just telling you. 
It's just how it works. If you just keep your eyes on Jesus, he will lead you exactly where you need to go. Get, uh, let, let me say it like this. There's one thing about me that I know. I can't trust me. I've tried. I, I've, made, I've made promises, stupid promises. God, I promise I'll never do that again. Well, how stupid is that? How many know what I'm talking about? You can't trust you. And I can't trust me. I've let me down thousands of times. But I can trust Jesus because he's never let me down. So I keep my eyes on Jesus. I, I don't keep my eyes on rules and regulations and do's and don'ts. I just keep my eyes on Jesus. I focus on Jesus. And as I focus on him, he'll whisper to my heart, hey, it's about time you give that up now. Okay, all right, God, I'll give that up. Hey, hey, I need you to start doing something now, Justin. I need you to start now. Okay, God, I'll start. I'm ready, but, but you're going to have to help me, God. He says, oh, no, no, that's, that's no problem. I got you. I got you. I'll empower you. You see what I'm talking about, everybody? If you're still thinking about Harry Potter, you need to get over legalism. Because some of you, I had, had somebody at the first service said, I thought about it the whole service, Pastor. <laughs> like, really? <laughs> Did you really? <laughs> so disappointing, you know. <laughs> like, you, you know, if you did, it's like you missed the point. <laughs> you missed the, the point is it's not about Harry Potter. The, the point is, everybody, it's about not if you're listening to me, but are you listening to him? Are you listening to Jesus? I, I don't want you to, listen, I don't ever want you to miss a Sunday here because I think that, well, I know, the presence of God is here every single Sunday and you're gonna miss out on his presence and his power if you're not here. But can I, can I tell you something? As much as people often say, oh, I just love new song. I love Pastor Justin. We you know what I'd rather hear you say? Oh, Jesus is so awesome. He's doing something so great at new song. Let's just give God glory for everything that he's doing. Like, let's give all of the praise to Jesus. How, how many know that I'm right in saying that? Let's just give all the praise to Jesus. It, 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 it's that verse in Psalms that says, not to us, God, but to your name be glory. Not to us, but to your name be glory. Let's just keep our eyes on Jesus. Let, 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 let him be the center of your life. Let him be your all in all. When you wake up in the morning, you should say, good morning, Jesus. Because you say that to your wife, don't you? You say that to your husband, hopefully. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some of you don't say those things. I don't know. But when I wake up and say, good morning, Jen. Good morning, babe. Hey, guys. Hey, hey kids. Good morning. Why, why not tell Jesus good morning if he's the center of it all? In fact, on, on this mission trip, the guy's in the room right now, so I don't want to embarrass him. But on this mission trip, I heard somebody pray um, in the morning a couple times, and that's how we started. Good morning, Jesus. Oh, I loved it. I thought, oh, that guy, no, he, he gets it. He understands. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. Do you receive the word of the Lord today, yes or no? Jesus at the center. Let's keep him there, amen? Let's keep him there. Let's keep him there. Heavenly Father, we need your, we need your power. We, we need your grace. We need your mercy. We need your strength. We need you. 
So many times we get distracted. We, we focus on, on things that we shouldn't focus on. We focus on things of the world. We, we focus on our own opinions <laughs> because we're high-minded. We're arrogant sometimes, Father. But I'm reminded today, Lord, and I'm humbled by the fact that, God, you are everything. All truth is your truth. There is no truth outside of you. I, I don't have anything that I can add to your truth, to who you are. You are perfect in all of your ways. So what's my opinion have to do with anything? Nothing. God, it's all about you. It's about your opinion. I, I'm sorry, Father, for the times that I've maybe even taught my own opinion. If I've done that, Lord, forgive me. I don't, I don't want to do those things. I'm sorry, Lord, for the time that I believed the opinion of man instead of your opinion. I'm definitely asking forgiveness, Father, for the times that I've believed the lies of the enemy, of the devil, instead of you. And I'm asking you today, Jesus, be the center of my life. Be, be my all in all. I want you to be everything in me and to me. So I'm praying this as a prayer of surrender. God, I pray for other churches here in this community that may very well could be bound in legalism. And maybe they're not. Maybe sometimes we look at them and we think that they are, but maybe they're just wonderful believers. And, 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 and the decisions that they're making isn't about legalism. Maybe it's just, it's just a preference. I, we don't know. God, help us never to look down at any other church or any other believer. Help us not get sidetracked by if we agree with everybody or disagree with everybody. Definitely, Lord, help us to keep our mouths shut when it comes to sharing our opinion about other churches or other, other people that say that they're Christians. Lord, that's not our place. That's just pride. It's arrogance. Lord, help us to walk in humility, knowing that every single one of us, every single person in this city, every single person in this county and in this world, is in dire need of your grace. No matter who we are, no matter how good we think we are, or how good or bad we think others are, that all of us are equally in need of grace. And help us to give you praise and honor for your grace and mercy every single day of our lives. Help us to know that you are everything. You are our all in all. Help us, strengthen us to fix our eyes upon the author and the finisher of our faith.
As a church, it's our honor to play a part in what God is doing in your life. And we would love to continue on that journey with you. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to www.new-song-church.com backslash next steps. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.